0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris, and I'm joined by Stu. Hello. And Tom's back. Finally. Yay, Tom. He's he's just about (laughs) here.
1: Still words for wear, but I'm here. (laughs) He
0: might be a man of few words this week, but he's here. (laughs) Uh, That was another eventful weekend, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, I don't know about you guys. After the... uh, Sorry, sprint qualifying, we have to call it, apparently. I was braced. Just call and, it the sprint race. Just call it the sprint race. I was braced. Don't, don't for conform not, to their madness. Don't, don't sprint, dr- blow sprint race.
1: Off. I've told you. This is the anarchy that's been going on without me, isn't it? It's not it a is, race. Yeah.
0: Absolute chaos.
1: <laughs> Can't call it a race. We get in trouble.
0: Um I was braced for not the most exciting of Grand Prix's after the sort of DRS train that Sprint became, but um
2: mm.
0: Mm, didn't quite pan out that way. Um <sighs> And, and for once, we get to talk about McLaren first. We always like to talk about McLaren, but <laughs> we have reasons reason to talk about them first this week. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say they pretty much looked the second quickest team, at least, all weekend, didn't they? Yeah, I would um, say so. Well, uh, second off,
3: I mean, it, it was tight at the top, wasn't it, really? Like, it
0: could have been any of those three teams. It was essentially a three-way yeah. fight for the top spot. I mean, they ended up fourth and fifth in qualifying, and I feel like them not being third and fourth was kind of the Verstappen difference.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that the the only reason I think that they didn't look as quick of as the Red Bull is because one of the drivers of the Red Bull is Mike Verstappen. Yeah. I think if it had I think if it had been two Sergio Perez's, then the McLaren's would have been ahead of both of them, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that completely. Um that then became third and fourth after the sprint race, largely due to Hamilton's poor start, which was, other than Gasly, about the only thing that happened in that race. Um, hmm. Although that being said, like Hamilton was trying to get back past them for the whole of that sprint and just, he never even really came close, did he? Like They just had the pace to stay mm. ahead. Well, he came. No, he came close. I think it's not fair to say he didn't come close. I think he did come close. I mean, I he think... was he was within DRS range, but like there was never oh, really a proper move that I remember. Was there? There were there were moments like there were moments at the end of the main
3: straight where he was, There were probably two two occasions where he got close enough to have a sniff at a move. But not a. It, well, admittedly, it wasn't a proper move. It wasn't a yeah. proper go. But it, it was. Uh, it was close enough to sort of trouble him. And I think if it had gone on for like maybe one or two more laps, he probably would have got him. But yeah. it. But just weren't enough laps in the
0: sprint race for him. No. Uh That obviously then became second and third on the grid for the Grand Prix for them after Bottas's uh, penalty, um, despite Bottas's heroics up to that point. <laughs> they all ended up being for nothing at that point in time. Um, I mean, Ricardo had an amazing start to take the lead. Which I mean, it's probably where the race was won, wasn't it? Like, I don't think they would have. If if Verstappen had held the lead, I doubt the McLarens would have been able to pass him. But that that start and sort of throwing it to the inside pretty yeah. much sealed the deal for him, didn't it? And it was yeah, yeah, awesome start. I mean, Verstappen's start wasn't bad, but Ricardo was just. I, I don't know. Shit. Am I am I wrong? Like, I feel like Ricardo historically hasn't been the best starter on the grid. Um, I wouldn't... Particularly back to his Red Bull days. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's, like, bad. I
1: wouldn't say he's, like, a a weakness. It, it's just, you yeah, know, yeah, no better than fool, average. Like. Do you know what I mean? He's it's, yeah. it's just yeah, not that yeah, stands just, out.
3: Yeah, he just he's he can start a race. He's not yeah. the best starter in the world. He's he's a middling yeah. starter, isn't he? Yeah. He, just, he? He he starts races. He doesn't gain positions necessarily. You don't really. He's not like Alonso, where every time Alonso starts a race, he seems to like just find another level. For, like, yeah, opening two, three, four hundred meters down to turn one and and gets around everyone like he's got an extra load of grip or something. But um, yeah, I, I guess he's just he's just
0: your average race starter, isn't he? He just goes. Yeah. He yeah. keeps his nose clean usually, so uh Norris ended up behind Hamilton until that the turn three incident, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later on. Um and it then took pretty much half the race, didn't it, for Hamilton to get past Norris. Um they had a few a few tasty duels again through turn one, some really solid defensive driving, just lots of nice clean racing between between those two, actually. Yep. You love to see yeah. it. Yeah, um, and a pr- but a pretty decisive move when Hamilton finally did get past. Um, yeah, and probably you'd say at that point in time it wasn't in Norris's best interest to lose time and chew up his tyres fighting Hamilton either. No, well they were on different strategies. Yeah, because Hamilton at that point was in the race. The yeah, the only person not the top fifteen to start on hards, wasn't he? So yeah, so Hamilton really did well to keep up with very well. With them through the whole
3: first period of the race. Like Hamilton's lap times in. were right up there for, for those tires. Yeah. He was lapping at the same pace as the leaders. So for the most part, it was only the fact that he was being held up by Norris that made him drop off the off of the pace of the Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh then obviously we had the safety car, and we'll get to that later. Um <laughs> Leclerc was like the biggest winner from that. He inherited second through having not pitted at that point. Um and I swear there was like a radio message from McLaren that was something along the lines of like, we've got the pace on him, Lando, just like keep it clean, take your time, we'll get him. And then Norris just proceeded to get past him immediately. (laughs) Like had to go into turn one and then stuck a couple of wheels on the grass through Curva Grande. It was such an awesome move, that one. Just got the job done immediately. Um, And then it looked a lot like Perez and Bottas were going to chase them down, but they just kind of slowed each other up, and slowed yeah. themselves again past Leclerc. Like everything just and kind sort of, of fell McLaren's way at that point, didn't it? I was I was pretty worried when Bottas was scything his way through towards the end there.
3: Bottas looked like he was going to win the race at that point. Yeah,
0: I was pretty he, convinced he was at that point. In time. He
3: was so quick, and I, I just couldn't understand why we'd not seen Hamilton like overtaking the yeah the mm. same way Bottas was. But then at the same time, I think the rest of the field were kind of in a different. In a lower league than the top three teams this yeah this definitely it was quite a big gap wasn't it yeah and I, and it shows because once Perez and um, Bottas did catch up to the leaders the, well the two Mercedes the two Mercedes the two McLarens <laughs> Goodness, that sounds weird doesn't it um, it's been then, a while yeah that they they just did not have enough to
0: to catch them and, and pass them did they no and well it, it sort of looked like McLaren were kind of Falling back in the clutches a bit, but then they, the two of them, putting the two fastest laps of the race on the last laps, so they definitely had yeah, a bit of time in hand. Yeah, big yeah. time time management going on there, I think. And it obviously helped that they made the call not too long after the safety car that we're going to hold positions because it looked to me like Norris was probably the faster of the two at that stage, and whether he'd be able to get close enough to Ricardo to actually have a go at taking the lead off him is hard to say but they made the right call at that point in time for sure and lando was you know very chill and understanding about the whole thing from what i've seen as well i think it was it was the obvious right choice to make wasn't it yeah, yeah. for sure i mean that, that's a team that having when you've just watched events unfold the way they did <laughs> well yeah sort of
3: the events that led to the safety car so then you know, if they'd allowed the two McLarens to go racing against each other, I think that just would have been a recipe for the disaster. Like how... Yeah. You'd be pulling your hair out on the pit wall if you were watching that sort of happen. So yeah, definitely the right call there is, we're not fighting for a championship. This is probably the one chance we get a race win this season. Yeah. Let's not throw it away by messing around racing either. Exactly, yeah.
0: Totally the right And they're
3: the kind of team, they're both the kind of drivers that are actually sort of really well suited to that kind of... Team mentality, I think, at the moment, because they're not going for a championship. It doesn't really matter which of them. They're team players at this point. There's a project going on at McLaren that they're both working really hard on. And it's just a case of sort of putting all the effort into that and reaping the rewards when they come as a team. And it did have that sense at the end of the race that they did win it as a team. It wasn't
0: just one driver won. It felt to me a lot like the team won there. Because every driver on the grid always says, you know, the team comes first, and you believe some of them, <laughs> and you don't believe other ones. But <laughs> they're definitely two drivers where, when they say that, it it seems genuine.
3: Yeah, and think of the the good, the world of good. It's going to do Ricardo as
0: well. That, that race yeah, really like he, he's going to be a different driver for the rest of the season. I think. Yeah, he's he's had a he's had a tough old year, and with it's it's look for a few races now like he's on the verge of turning a corner, and like yeah. He, he turns the corner and immediately, wins a race. Um, it's his first victory since Monaco 2018. McLaren's first victory in 170 races. That was Jensen Button in Brazil 2012. The last time so they mad won that, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. Also, Norris's best ever finish. He's come third a couple of times, but he's gone one better this time. Uh, and amazingly, McLaren are the only team to have a one-two this season.
3: Yeah, I saw that. Also. Just- you missed a uh, McLaren's last one too. I think it was in two thousand and ten. Yeah, it yeah. was
0: two years two
1: years before Very Jensen's long time, win. Yeah, because it was yeah. when Lewis and Jensen were there together. Twenty
0: ten,
3: Canada. I think Canada.
1: Yes, right? it was. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Lewis followed by Jensen.
0: And you know, we, we don't pretend we're not McLaren fans here. And it's, it was just so not good to see. Like, and like yeah. you say, like it genuinely felt like such a team victory. And just like seeing yeah. that whole team so happy and.
3: Yeah. I mean, when you I, look through that Discord list on our uh, thing, there's a lot of McLaren fans in there yeah. who've all got the McLaren orange on their name tag. So, yeah, I, think, I mean, I think, think though, we've got a happy audience this week. Yeah,
1: even from the neutral perspective, though, like obviously the, the neutrals that aren't in either the sort of Max Red Bull camp or the Lewis Mercedes camp are always complaining about having to see one of those two like winning races and it just being those two fighting for the win. So this is like another one of those opportunities that's, an awesome show for like mm. the people that are a bit bored of that, I guess. Like, yeah. Mm. I mean, I enjoy it all, but not everybody and, does. And so. I doubt there's
0: many people out there that don't like Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> like, I'm not sure how that's yeah. possible. Mm. On a sort of s- kind of similar and slightly, I guess, kind of
3: serious note, the, we, we, this at this moment, McLaren won that race because they were the quickest team on the weekend overall. I was going to bring like, up exactly this, yeah. Mac, you know, Ricciardo... I think would have won that race even without that accident. I think Ricardo hmm. would have been on for a race. Yeah, and I think
1: Norris would probably still have been on the podium as well. I'd, I mean, maybe he wouldn't have kept both Max and Lewis behind him, but I think he'd have been able to fight for that third place. So, I am I mean, yeah, maybe he could have gone for second as well, but Lewis been on that alternate strategy, I think would have maybe, if it wasn't for the accident, I think would have maybe seen a podium that was like, say... Ricardo Hamilton, Norris, possibly. Yeah,
3: the question that it brings to the table uh, as we uh, this season sort of leads into next season being that a new aero formula is it the right decision to put a whole new aero formula in when <laughs> well, finally, yeah. finally yeah. got a three way three three teams at the top who are absolutely capable of winning races. I mean, you were saying
0: team. it all the end of last year, like this season's always, always going to be a great one because the last season of a regulation set always is, and you were spot on. Um, Mm, Because I I looked it up, this is only the fourth win in the turbo hybrid era that wasn't a Mercedes, Red Bull or Ferrari. And all four of them have come in the last two years. But if you look at the other three, it was Ocon, Gasly and Perez. And all three of those races had shenanigans. Like there were circumstances (laughs) going on in all those races. Whereas as you say, like... (laughs) McLaren were just there on pace. This is the first time in the whole era that a team other than those three have been at the front purely on pace. And it's super impressive. Yeah. Really, really it impressive. It just shows you
3: the pat When you look back at, Mercedes, at McLaren... God, I keep wanting to call McLaren Mercedes. <laughs> when, you look, when you look back at McLaren uh, over the last few years and you see where they've come from, from the Alonso times, from the GP2 engine yeah. days, to this, in such a short space of time as well. What's yeah. that like three or four years? No, more, that, it's probably more than that now, actually. But still, like, that journey they've been on and the developments they've made to the team, the, the structural changes, everything, it just shows you that it is possible to come from sort of really dark places in Formula 1, like the places where, say, Williams are or have been, and they seem to be sort of, at the moment, clawing themselves out of, mm-hmm. or your Alpha Alfa Romeos, your Haas teams, you know, it is possible with the right people and the right teams and the right dynamic and the right investment to to get yourself back in the mix
0: and and to win races mm. It's, yeah, it's such an amazing turnaround and you've, you've got to, I think it was right that Zach Brown went onto the podium because you've got to give him a lot of credit for that. Like he's yeah. gone in there and completely changed the way that team works and built this amazing team of people yeah. around him. And I mean, we have ripped Zach Brown over the
3: years as well from, yeah, the, from time it, to time. We've done some Zac, I remember Zach Zac Brown claims was Zac the Brown thing claims, for a while. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so but... yeah, it's great to see. It is great to see, it. and I think we did always believe in them. Eventually, We you know, we've been very critical out of out of our hearts because we love that team so much. All of us, we have been very critical of McLaren. I've mm. I've said in the past, I've, I've been disappointed in them, the amount of money that has gone into that team and and the past results. But you know, all that hard work that they've been doing has finally finally come to. It's beginning to look like it's well i mean it has come to fruition this weekend and let's hope it just continues to come to fruition and, and they can keep having a great season and, and build on this now and hopefully into next season we could even have be looking at let's not get ahead of ourselves maybe but we yeah. could be looking at a championship <laughs> contender next season yeah like.
1: i mean i think a key part of that we were sort of touched on it in the past on other episodes but i think the appointment of andreas seidel's a big part yeah, yeah. of that like That's i mean a... i'm not saying it's solely down to him but I think he's a huge component in it and I think him coming in was where you started to see that turnaround in form
3: I agree Uh, I think they were they uh, were sort of stagnant before he arrived in that sort of lower lower end and they just they seemed to be spiraling a little bit before he arrived and then yeah like you say since then he's just they've they've made more
0: and more steps forward each season since he's got there yeah. Did you see um, the video of them doing, like, the photo shoot and stuff with the whole team after the race?
1: I've not seen a video of the photo shoot. And
0: Andreas Seidel is always, like, he always is very kind of quite monotone and quite to the point and always seems quite, you know, like, he's obviously got a sense of humor, but he always comes across quite serious. He was the one at the front of it, like, doing, like, three, two, one, cheer, and, like, everyone, like, say cheese and <laughs> all that. Like, he was the one, like, bigging everybody up for the photo shoot, was really mm-hmm. see, yeah. It was really weird to see. That's amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, just such a good result. Like, super happy with it. Yeah. Um, Bottas joined them on the podium. Uh, it was fourth on the road, but Perez uh, had that five-second penalty. Um, I mean, that penalty just seems silly. Like, Red Bull said after he... Because he passed Leclerc by cutting the corner, didn't he? And Red Bull said they asked mm. race control if they needed to give the place back and didn't get an answer from them. But it was so obvious it's that... A bit obvious. It, it's it's very clear yeah. if you cut a corner and gain an advantage, you need to give it back. Like it's it's like they were rolling the dice on that and just seemed a bit unnecessary. I kind of feel like they threw away a shot to be on the podium there. Hundred percent, yeah. they would have weird choice. Totally be on the
3: podium. I don't believe that um, Bottas would have been able to come. Well, I mean, he was the fastest car of it. I don't know. I think it, it's a shot at the podium, but it's not. It wasn't a
0: guaranteed podium. It was a shot, like you said. Yeah. Um, Bottas, I mean, we have to talk about Bottas from back of the grid to come back to a podium is was such a good driver. I mean, I think it's probably fair to say across the whole weekend, he was probably the fastest driver there. Like, fastest in qualifying, quite comfortably won the sprint race, and then just scythed his way through to the podium.
1: Yeah. I'd, I think if it hadn't been for his penalty, he'd have been the person to give Danny Rick a run for his money on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. But I'd, I. I'm sad in a way that he got the penalty that he did because we could have potentially had like a huge duel for the win between those two. I think if anyone was really going to kind of put the sword to Danny Rick this weekend, it probably would have been Bottas. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite surprised that after the last few races and the last few weeks that we've had. Mm. and
0: This, I think, was Bottas' best race in a very long time.
1: Yeah, but you're biased. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh here we go <laughs> you, you just went yeah, yeah. to the driver of Botas the day again. <laughs> it is true though
3: um, right should, should we get into what everyone's no, here not for yet. no because I want to talk about Bottas more okay. um... Bottas <laughs> should have if you look at that championship table now given the events that we're about to talk about and past events between those two drivers mm-hmm. Bottas should be if Bottas had had a more representative season of his previous years in Formula One. I think Bottas could have been top of the table by now. Given that's the a number very of good point, actually. Accidents we've had mm. in the contenders ahead of him. Mm. Um. So he must be kicking himself right now. Mm. I hadn't thought of that. That's a really good point. And if I it feel- continues, as well, if this theme continues of of sort of the championship protagonists tripping over each other, shall we say, <laughs> um, then, you know, Bottas really needs to be booking his ideas up because this could, even now, right now, I'll say it here now, this could be Bottas's year. <laughs> Can you believe
0: that? Like, <laughs> what is it? He It's a possibility. The thing is, though... 65 and a half it. points off the top. That's not far.
1: It's not much. The thing is, though, when you think about it, he's not actually been that far off those front two in terms of finishing position because the vast majority is, of his finishers are third mm-hmm. the vast he was majority. unfortunate
3: this weekend because of the penalty he w- would that would have been his race this weekend if he'd not yeah. had the penalty um but I, I guess if he'd not had the penalty then the whole dynamic of the race would have been different anyway and it might not have turned out the way it did but yeah i mean there's possibly. so many what ifs you know there are so many what ifs involved in that one i don't think this this weekend we can factor into his well I mean he's done an amazing he's done the absolute maximum he probably could have done this weekend given that he had a penalty yeah. uh for, for his engine um but yeah like you know it, it's racers like um it's, it's those really bad results that he's had I guess towards the end of last year, so they don't count for this season, obviously. But still, like he's
0: had a what, what was it? He's had some bad results, hasn't he? This season,
1: um, he's I had a couple like. of retirements. Yeah, well, I mean Monaco, we should I have mean, been
0: first or second, and he had his wheel get stuck in the pit lane. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. There, there was oh, the yeah. incident with George Russell in Amelia. Yeah, Romana. that's
3: that's what I'm thinking of. That, um, so like, that's 50 points gone begging there straight away. Well, not I mean, 50, maybe not
0: fifty points, but because no, he, he shouldn't, shouldn't have been divide. battling with Russell in the first place. No, he's,
3: he I mean
1: his, his three retirements this year are those two, and then the accident in Hungary. yeah, yeah. Hungary oh, kind of on, on himself, really. Like one one's no fault of his own because somebody's speeded to the side of his car. One's really not his fault because <laughs> the wheel note welded itself to yeah. the car axle. Yeah. And exactly. then the last one is his fault because he's misjudged. Yeah. A situation,
0: But then on um, the flip side, like Belgium, he was 12th because he just wasn't good enough in qualifying, I guess, because yeah. he was only qualifying. Uh Baku, he was 12th and he was just off the pace the entire weekend. Um yeah. Yeah. And so if was Hamilton. Could. But Hamilton was able to turn it around and he didn't like... You start adding these points back on, that gap closes very quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I, the thing.
1: I think the, the, the key thing, the key difference, I think, between Valtteri this year and Valtteri last year is... Valtteri was like picking up the wins when Lewis wasn't last year, and now in these like in the scenarios where Lewis and Max aren't that front-running car, Valtteri isn't the one to pick up the pieces and win the yeah. race because of things like this penalty, yeah, uh, that's or having exactly his own issues.
3: Point. Like he's not. That's there. the bit. He he needs to be there or thereabouts, and, mm. and if he had been over the course of this season so far, he would be leading that championship now. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's 60-odd points further down yeah, third.
1: Well, yeah, and... I mean, like, to, a pr- prime example is, like, this weekend, they've both retired, and he's had to come on the back and finish third. Yeah. Azerbaijan, um, Max retired. Lewis had that break lock-up that, <laughs> uh, that sent him back down the field, but then Valtteri was nowhere to
2: capitalise mm-hmm. yeah. and didn't
1: even finish exactly. in the points. So, exactly. like, it's they're two prime examples of situations where... Maybe on another weekend he'd have actually been twenty-five yeah. points, well, fifty points up on them both. I mean, yeah, fair enough. He got third yesterday, yeah. but
3: or it'd, well it would be around where they are roughly. On yeah, he'd be a lot yeah. closer to the pair so, of
1: them. Yeah, yeah. So, um,
3: so yeah, that, lot, that's that's it? all I wanted to say. I just wanted to you know yeah. bring that to the mm. to the to the party. I guess it's quite an interesting sort of thing to consider. If if he can, you know, if if the re- if the remainder of the se- season continues the way it has gone so far. Except Bottas gets his act together, then you never know. End of the season, you might. Yeah. Valtteri Bottas could be world champion. <laughs> you could totally. <laughs> himself I mean, into we're, going, it.
1: we're going to Russia next. <laughs> yeah, I know. Stomping it's ground. Bottas territory. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big
3: time. So yeah, let's wait and see on that one. Anyway, I'll let you. I'll let you <laughs> carry us on now. Anyway, hey, sorry. I'm always happy to take a detour
0: to talk about Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> <to> you anytime <laughs> you want to do that. I took t- you into a Bottas cul-de-sac. <laughs> uh, right, let's talk about Hamilton and Verstappen. Um, I, I think an important thing is like the the lead up to the incident because Hamilton, everyone kind of expected Mercedes to be the fastest team here. And through practice, it was looking like that would be the case. And Hamilton kind of, well, I guess he wasn't quite quick enough in qualifying and he balls up his start in the sprint race, which sort of massively put him on the back foot. Then he was stuck behind Norris for 25 laps or whatever it was. And at that point in time, Verstappen was looking easy second place, maybe even if he could like, you know, do something with the pit stops, he, there's a, a chance of winning that. And then you had this sudden like two-lap stretch where the whole thing flipped on its head where Verstappen had that 11-second pit stop, which I've not <laughs> seen a reason for that other Weird. than Christian Horner just said it looked like human error. And that's the only real explanation I've seen for that. It looked to me like because he was tapping on his wheel gun, it looked like the sensor
3: in the wheel gun hadn't triggered the rest mm, of the system. Yeah. so they well were going off properly. the system. So the, 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 the engineer's like waving his gun in the air, saying, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But obviously, it's a very loud environment. Everyone's wearing helmets, <laughs> so their ears are getting blocked off from the sound Anyway, it's very difficult to hear yeah. another human screaming and shouting through a helmet and then through your own helmet in a pit lane. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's taken them a minute to realize and then, well, 10 seconds probably to realize. And then once that's, well, let's say nine seconds to realize... And once they've done that, they've sent him on his way. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah.
0: Very rare from Red Bull.
3: It's um, Very rare.
0: Well they would have drilled. completed,
1: like, literally four pit stops in that time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're
1: really good. <laughs> for perspective. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Hamilton then had a relatively slow 4.2 second stop, um, which I don't think there's anything particularly wrong there. I think it was just a bit of a tardy stop. But it was just enough to have them come out, um, basically, alongside each other into one and two. And we all saw what happened. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, most importantly of all, we should start with is the fact that both drivers are okay. Particularly Hamilton, who was absolutely saved by the halo. He add him to the list of drivers who've been saved by the halo because yeah. it's scary, isn't it? I mean, the wheel the wheel still touched the top of his head.
3: Yeah, even Well, with you, you can see his head is yeah. like he's bobbing his head down inside the uh, yeah. inside the in the cockpit to not. Be in contact with the wheel because mm-hmm. if that if that thing starts spinning and it's attached to your helmet, suddenly your head's getting jolted back. Exactly, yeah, and yeah. making a mess of you. So he, I mean,
0: even with the Halo, we got lucky. Yeah, I mean, it, it. There's there's no doubt that if that had happened, like what four years? Since we had the Halo Five. Like if that had happened five years, five years ago. W- like he might not be, I don't right even want to think of I don't even want to think about, no, to think
3: about it because it's, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's when you see, I think of that replay and you see that replay and you see the wheel just, it, the fact that it's in like hyper slow motion yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. I'd seen enough just, of that.
3: Yeah. It's an awful, awful situation. I mean, even as it was like, if I'd seen that full speed from that angle, I, I would have been quite scared.
0: <laughs> like yeah, even definitely. with the halo, it's a scary looking accident. So yeah. Um. Um, Before we get into the incident itself, I didn't think it was particularly classy that Verstappen just walked off and didn't check he was okay. Well, I was thinking about this and uh, I've watched it a couple of times. And as Verstappen's
3: walking, what's more surprising is that Verstappen just walks clean across a a live racetrack. That was also a bit weird. (laughs) Yeah. That That was a bit shocking. I think the fact that Hamilton is... He's, at that point his wheels are spinning and he's he's trying to maneuver the car. I guess Hamilton so, was yeah. trying for bloody ages to get his car <laughs> unwedged from out of that Red Bull. Um obviously to no avail. And he does look across and he he can see the wheel spinning and the mud flying up onto the track and stuff. Okay, so okay. I think he was probably a little bit reticent to get too close to it in case something did happen. Um so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too harsh on him for not going over and popping his head. Okay, in there. And yeah. also, I'd, I'd add to that the fact that he's probably raging at <laughs> yeah. the same time. That no, I think that the, the sm- probably the safest, smartest thing t- to do was to conduct himself the way he did. So
0: I, I, I wouldn't be too harsh on him for not going over. No, him. that's fair enough. That probably just didn't come across on the broadcast. Then so probably just didn't no, it see didn't. him. Yeah. Absolutely didn't. Um, so, the students after the race determined that Verstappen was predominantly to blame. He's got a three-place penalty for the next race and two points on his license. Um, I mean, I guess I'll I just open the floor. Like, Do we, do we think that's right? Um,
1: yeah. it, I mean, the thing that instantly makes it a difficult one is that when the driver's are DNF'd, you've got no opportunity to do anything but what they've done, basically.
0: In terms of penalties,
1: in terms of penalties, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) ten seconds is no
0: good when you're not in the race anymore.
1: Yeah, and there's no option to do that in like preemptive of a follow-up race. Like to say your first pit stop at the next race is ten seconds additional. Like there's just no option for it. And I think that's where I think that's where a lot of the like unhappiness, I guess, about the penalty comes from is the fact that. People are sort of looking at it and trying to compare it to what happened in Silverstone Mm -hmm. and say, maybe it's fair he gets a penalty, but it doesn't feel fair that he gets three places on the grid when Lewis only got 10 seconds in a race. But I mean, by the steward standards, they're technically the equivalent of each other. Yeah,
0: I think if you're going to penalise someone for a race incident and you decide during the race and they're still in it, then you've got to give them the penalty there and then. But if they're not in the race and or you've made the decision afterwards, like, yeah. It's all, it's all you can do kind of thing. So do you think he deserved a penalty?
1: It's it's difficult. I think there is a point where Max could have backed out of it. But I also think that Lewis left the door open for way too long. And I think that it, I mean, for me, it comes down to being a racing incident, to be brutally honest with you, because I think that basically if you look at like, if you look at what Max does on a regular basis, especially against Lewis, Max Verstappen is king of like opening up the steering and push the other guy wide. And yeah. as as the guy behind making a move on Max Verstappen, you're made well aware very early on that he's opening that wheel early and he's pushing you wide, and you're either gonna go into run off or have to back out. And I think the difference when you flipped it in this incident was that. Lewis left the door open almost to the apex of turn two, and uh, in a racing driver's mind, in Max Verstappen's mind, he's going to consistently see that as still got a gap, I still got a gap, I still got a gap, (laughs) and Lewis
3: kind of shuts the door at the apex of turn two. So so that's where that's where it comes together. you're, You're saying that Hamilton gave him enough rope to hang himself with, in
1: a way, yeah, like. Lewis will look at it and go and say, well, I tried to, I tried to give him enough room round turn one is how Lewis will look at it. Um, and basically say, but turn two was mine because I was ahead. That's how Lewis will look at it. And Max will say, well, he left the door open. So I was going round the outside. And I think that it becomes like six of one and half a dozen of the (laughs) other where, Max always knew that door was going to shut, and Lewis always knew that he was going to shut the door on Max, mm. and he wasn't realistically giving him enough room,
2: Yeah. Well, I room, if...
1: but I think if Lewis had have
0: shut that door a lot earlier, then you wouldn't have had the issue. I think there is something to that, because you're right, like it's, it's very much a Max Verstappen way of defending, and if you look at... I mean, it happened in this race on lap one, admittedly <laughs> turn at turn, turn three and four, Yeah. Um, and it's not a, unlike um, Imola as well, the first lap at Imola. Yeah, but if, if can you can, watch, can to those, yeah. But if you watch those, when Verstappen... Verstappen doesn't even touch the inside apex when he does those. He's exactly. heading straight exactly. to the outside. Whereas, you're right, Hamilton did take the apex and he went a bit later. So there is something to... If anything, Hamilton should have been even more decisive in the defence. That being said, there is always an escape route there for Hamilton... for. Verstappen to take. And when Verstappen does that defensive move on people, he's forcing them to take the escape route. And Verstappen decided not to.
1: I think that's the difference between the two of them. That, Like I was saying before, Lewis left the door open a lot longer and Max was kind of drawn into that, which meant he hit that orange sausage curb instead of going across like the Mm -hmm. the striped ones on the escape road. And I think had it been the other way, what you would have seen is Max would have definitely been pushing towards that outside a lot sooner and Lewis would have probably gone through the escape over the sleeping policeman or whatever they refer to him as these days and then rejoined behind him and had another go the next lap. Yeah, And I think that, that's the difference with like roles reversed and when it comes down to stuff like that, I can't see it as anything other than a racing incident because if you look at... If they'd have made contact in turn three... Uh, Well, yeah, no, turn four, sorry. In is Curve of Grandin was because they did a turn three, yeah, 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 yeah. turn four and
3: five of the Chicane.
1: If they made contact there in a similar fashion or similar to the contact that they made in um, Imola, then it'd just be a racing incident and everybody carried on. What's unfortunate about this is the fact that because of the positioning of that um, sort of sausage curve that Max has hit. Is that it's it just caused like an unfortunate wheel connection yeah, essentially just... between the two of them that's launched the car up yeah. and it's just that's sometimes that's racing I think I think and uh, yeah I just can't I can't see past it be I, I feel like the penalty is a little bit harsh but then nah. again I also felt like the the Hamilton penalty was harsh because to me that was a racing incident
3: yeah I agree I agree yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I mean.
1: If people are going to compare the two and say, "Well, the th- three-place penalty is only as fair as the 10-second, then I think that they were both wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's me.
3: <laughs> so, okay, a couple of points. Then um, I think <clears throat> I don't think I agree that Hamilton left the door open through turn two. I think that it was a it was about a. Foot oh no, he definitely didn't leave end.
1: it through turn two. It was turn one where he was leaving it open.
3: Well, turn one, he had him out on the on the green sort of. Uh, He left probably Mm. a car's width to the outside.
0: I think, yeah.
3: You've got to think he can only come over after he's come out out of the pit lane line as well, remember? So he's got to go over late. So he, he probably defended it as much as he reasonably could
0: without Verstappen going into the back of him, I would say. I don't know. Yeah, no, that what, I think that think? part was fair. I think I think the difference is Verstappen in that situation would probably have not even tried to make the apex of turn 1 and gone straight to the inside of turn 2 whereas yeah. Hamilton did hit the apex. He left that space on the left-hand side that he could go into which kind of invited Max in, which, which So you I'd also which... think he gave him enough rope to hang himself? With? Kind of. Yeah. I I still think like, my sort of initial reaction after watching a few replays was so after Silverstone I sort of said a racing incident but if you had to give someone the blame then the stewards are right to give it to Hamilton and on this occasion I think it's the other way around if you had to blame someone then Verstappen's the right person to blame but it's still borderline racing incident for me. yeah
1: yeah I think I, 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 agree. I, I agree with that
0: I think I agree with both of you yeah I think
3: I, I would call it a I would call it an avoidable racing incident yeah yeah yeah. Which is why I think Verstappen has got the penalty because it was entirely avoidable. Mm-hmm. He drove into turn two, expecting Hamilton to disappear. He was yeah. always mm-hmm. going to bounce over that curb. He knows that curb. He, he knows he's got no grip. He knows he's getting bounced over that curb. He knows he's going to go into him if he tries to make that corner.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He,
3: how can he? How could he not know otherwise? I think the problem is he's just come out of that pit stop all fired up because he's been sat there for 11 seconds mm-hmm. and he's come out and obviously he's, he's looking at his championship rival ahead of him. Yeah. And is flipped into the old classic Max Verstappen desperation mode of, I cannot lose this position.
0: I will do whatever it takes to keep and, it. And I think you can say the same about Hamilton as well, though. He'd just come out of the pits after a tardy stop where he should have been ahead yeah. of Verstappen there and he's just yeah. of the pits. Suddenly he's alongside Verstappen. That was... That moment was Hamilton's only chance to actually finish ahead of the staff in that race, or it was the yeah, most important I don't think Hamilton one. really
3: deviated from the racing line the entire time. Hamilton was, if anything, Hamilton gave him a little bit of extra space. So Hamilton was probably a little bit more accommodating than what I think he's being given credit for, because he was a good foot but away from the apex of Turn 2. Iro- oh.
1: Ironically, though, that's, that's my, what I'm saying. Yeah leads to the incident. The
3: fact yeah. that Lewis
1: was more accommodating than you potentially would be in that situation has, led to, has given, given Max, Max, Max the, the incentive to, to, to have yeah. a go at him. Yeah.
0: Lewis should have yeah. been more. So uh, it's, I, it, ironically, giving him, in, him room, room
2: yeah.
1: like uh, after Max Verstappen makes a comment like, that's what happens when you don't leave enough room. Ironically, the room that Lewis left him in turn one is, is the catalyst of it all, Another, I think, yeah. Yeah. personally.
0: Another thing I've seen pointed out that's worth mentioning as well is... That Given how tight that corner is and the steering lock those cars have, the line Verstappen was taking into that corner, the only way he could make it around turn two would be to go all the way out to the right-hand side. There's no way they could have run through there side-by-side. So that's another another kind of thing that probably also contributed to the penalty because he was putting his car in a position where contact was inevitable. You know what? I think another thing that's contributed to the
3: penalty is the is the rap sheet that max verstappen's got for this kind of th- these kind of collisions he or these kind of situations like the number of times you look at like him and hamilton's battle over the season you know turn 1 in um, in barcelona hamilton has to take the safety road because he's not given racing room to take the corner mm. mm-hmm. um, turn 4 at imola at uh, turn 4 at monza just earlier that race again yeah. he's going wide because he's not given racing room it's not racing that is not racing pushing your opposition off the track is not racing there's a rule among all of them that says. there's in fact there's a rule written into the, the into the regulations saying you have to leave a car's width if, if you're in a battle mm. maybe not written in such clear terms but that is the rule is, <laughs> is leave it? a car's width to, to the to the edge of the track when there's a car reasonably alongside um where i'm thinking imola turn whatever it was for first lap imola yeah then yeah. there's there's so many... And you look back in previous seasons, you know, he's done moves like this around people in Monaco where he's practically mm-hmm. left the track at the chicane after the tunnel to, to get the move done. There's all kinds of situations where he's he's gone that little bit too far, but he hasn't been punished for. And I think finally what's happened here is he's he's taken that extra step just that little bit too far and he's... He's paid the ultimate price. He's, he's, he's gone out of the race and he's got a penalty for the next race. And I think it's overdue. Mm. I think, and I still feel like this,
0: is, it's, been, it's been coming for a long time. I think on the flip side of that as well, that's why there's no way they could really ever have given Hamilton a penalty for this because there's been years now of examples of Verstappen defending that way, not getting penalised, which is essentially saying that is an okay way to defend positions. Mm. Yeah. So when Hamilton does the same to him, you can't give Hamilton a penalty because you've set the Precedent that that yeah. kind of defense is okay, yeah. It's yeah, I mean, it was it's it's crazy to have the two contenders going out like that, like, it's been a long Twice time
1: in a season. It's not even the first time. Well, I say they didn't both go out and Silverstone, did they? but It's the second time they've seriously come together now. And we're like, just over halfway.
0: Not since the Hamilton-Rosberg days have we seen that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we need more um, Red Bull fans in our chat because I (laughs)
3: can't tell whether we're being salty about um, Red Bull. I mean, mean, considering
1: considering that I think that the penalty is slightly harsh, we're we're fine. I'm going to do you out, don't worry. (laughs) Do
0: you know what was very telling, actually? As, As much as Verstappen was saying like, oh, he kept squeezing me, he kept squeezing me. Everything coming out of Red Bull was quite muted and basically yeah. saying it was probably a racing incident. And if, yeah, based on how they've kicked and screamed this last season, if Red Bull are saying it was probably a racing incident, then they kind of yeah. know they haven't got a leg to stand yeah, it, on. It, it, if, yeah. if
3: Christian Horner's being magnanimous, you know he's probably <laughs> in the
0: wrong. Exactly, and he
3: knows he's in the wrong. It was um, fun watching him squirm a little bit in that interview. I thought he'd squirm a
0: bit more, actually. He handled yeah. it very well for a man who was clearly in the wrong. Knew, knew, it, knew it as well. Um, yeah. I mean, Toto Wolf sort of played the card that it was a, he called it a tactical fell. I'm not yeah. sure i buy that, that either. That was I'd, funny. I'd, I, that I don't that think, made me laugh. I'm not buying that side of the story no, either, to be either, honest. i a bit silly. Although we have, just, we have both just said that Hamilton gave him enough rope to hang himself with. All three of us have said yeah, so. Yeah, but I also don't think in the moment that's what was in either of their no, minds wasn't it it was not it was but
3: then at the same time you know Verstappen like, I don't think Verstappen is tactically going into that thinking even if we both go out of this race I'm still no. ahead in the championship he wants more points and he's desperate really. he's a racer you know he wants to win that race and in that moment that is the most purest form of racer that he is is that it's that you know I want to be ahead at all costs whatever don't give a shit about the championship I want to be leading this specific race yes. right now. And that's why he didn't take to the runoff because he knew he'd have to give the place back if he came out on top and went off the runoff. And Hamilton, and, and sorry, Max Verstappen does not give play,
0: positions back. No. And and I would say that's definitely something where Hamilton still has the advantage over Verstappen is the, the big picture thinking. Yeah. 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 The take the most count situation. Yeah. Think yeah. about the whole season. Don't think about the... The moment kind of
1: thing. I, do you ever feel that, like that's because he's got the luxury of that though? Can you, ima- can yeah. you imagine if this was like young Lewis Hamilton, oh, like, 2008, yeah. 2007, 2009? That Lewis Hamilton against this Max Verstappen Fireworks. would be absolute chaos.
3: Neither would ever be an, an extensive. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be an expensive season for both teams, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, like th- those those 10 plus years that Lewis has got on Max in the sport and fighting for championships yeah. shows immensely at times. Definitely. And it's yeah. not like it's not like saying Max isn't worthy of a championship. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is like sometimes that cool head in those stressful moments can only come from those years of experience and those being in those situations before. And I do think it shows, but... My word! I would not want to see early Lewis Hamilton versus <laughs> Max <Yeah>. Verstappen.
0: <laughs> Which is not even to say that you know Hamilton is a better driver than Verstappen. It's just like they both have exactly parts of their arsenal where one's better than the other, and I, yeah, you can you can see the experience at times for sure.
1: I mean, I just judge it as if I was Max Verstappen, would I have gone for that gap? And I know I would have. <laughs> <So> <laughs> if I, although or, or granted. I maybe wouldn't have done it in an open wheel, but like in, in say, sport, <laughs> in sports cars or something, you'd have definitely thrown it down the inside of turn two and done a bit of rubbing his racing.
0: Yeah. Um, interesting, actually, mentioning like the DNFs they both had. This is actually the first time they've both been a DNF in the same race. Yeah. I what, get, ever. Ever. Wow. Um, I, thought ever, you meant,
1: like, ever. I thought you meant like in you know, a title fight. No, ever. Ever.
0: It's all, well, it, it, it I think that's that's helped by the fact that this is Hamilton's Mm. first retirement in 63 races. Yeah, Austria 2018 was his last retirement. Wow! And until Baku this year, he'd scored in every one of those races as well. Yeah, which is that's ludicrous. Um, Verstappen did me dirty this weekend, by the way,
3: because he's like he's the lead of a. He's the lead of my fantasy team. So anyone who (laughs) anybody who thinks that I. I, I, I'm, I'm not impartial when it comes to Verstappen. <laughs> he's he's the leader of my... He's in my fantasy team. So how could I not be? You, know, you I may be impartial, but you're not an idiot. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, that was so funny. I've forgotten what I was going to say now. actually, damn it. <laughs> saying? Was, was it Verstappen...
0: that your fantasy team went badly because he retired? Oh, it that went bad- d- oh yeah,
3: that's it. He's, he's done me dirty because I was planning to use my Mega Driver in the next race for Verstappen because he had um, double... Uh, double streak, so for his qualifying and his race, finishing the top 10, it all adds up to a streak. And um, yeah, yeah, double streak building up and that was when I was going to use my Mega Driver hoping that he would win (laughs) the Russian Grand Prix and then give me the lead of the all the championships, but instead no. no No, no I'm going to have to re-strategize now. I'm going to have to go away and think about another way
0: of doing it. So thanks Max. I meanwhile had a couple of quid each on uh, Ricardo and Norris to win the race. So it went very nicely for me. Oh, did
2: you?
0: I'm just
1: wishing that all the bets I placed for the Belgian Grand Prix (laughs) would have been carried over because I literally had Ricardo to win and like rustling (laughs) the points. I had so many bets that would have come in in this (laughs) (laughs) race that were all voided thanks to a weekend in Spa. Um,
0: Let's have a quick look down the list who else we should talk about. Um... Ferrari looked okay at times. Fourth and sixth in the end was probably about as good as they could have hoped for. Um, Lance Stroll quietly finished seventh. I think that's his best result of the yeah, season. Yeah, it was
1: an all right finish for him, Especially considering where they qualified. They didn't seem, to, yeah. they didn't seem, they didn't seem there no, in
0: quality. not at all. But, so... um, it's a shame that um, Vettel basically got bullied for the entire race. <laughs> yeah. like every time you saw Vettel, someone else was just pushing him off the road. <laughs> yeah, rough afternoon for him um, George Russell scored points again he did, William scored I points said so the often open. Barely, I said, barely even worth mentioning it's old news now, William scoring points <laughs> <laughs> you're right though, yeah um, another healthy couple of points for ninth place, um, finished ahead of, uh, yeah, won the Alpines, won the Aston Martins um, Latifi goal. was actually running like 7th or 8th through a big chunk of the race but he dropped down yeah. to 11th in the end um. Yeah, what else? There's something else I was going to mention. Oh, that was it. Uh, we had quite a few penalty points in this race, all of them for um, the same chicane, turn uh, four and five. Uh, Jovan Natsi got a penalty point for the first lap collision with Signs, which was pretty bad if you saw the replay that of that. That was That was well Yeah, a bad was that? rejoin. That was one it of the few bad. occasions when... Someone does actually deserves more penalty points. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> for that he was, one, he was then, poor he that. Uh, Ocon got a penalty point for when he punted Vettel off um, on the entrance that chicane, which I think was also mm-hmm. fair. He moved over on him and pushed him off the track, basically in the breaking zone. Okay, uh, it was it was essentially when Hamilton and Leclerc were fighting for the lead a couple of years ago. I Don't know if you remember that and Leclerc yeah, like that, and he got a black, black and white flag. Black and white flag. It was es- essentially exactly the same, but on this occasion they. Um, gave him a penalty point for it. Yeah. Uh, Mazpin got <laughs> one for um, unsurprisingly having a collision with his teammate. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> oh, That was just doubt. very clumsy all round there. And Perez got a penalty point for that corner cut overtake that he didn't give back, which seems a strange thing to dish That's out a weird, penalty but, yeah, point don't, for. I don't see why he a penalty point for that. It should just be a time out um, or something. But there we go. Um, and yeah, Verstappen got two for the incident, which we've already discussed at Just length. Is this a thing we do now? <laughs> penalty point analysis. At the end yeah, of race. Remind
1: me, did Lewis get some for the incident in Silverstone?
0: I think he got two or three for that, yeah, yeah. I believe.
1: That makes sense then.
0: Hmm. Um, huh. Right, Drive of the Day. That's That's got to be Ricardo. Can you can you
3: award it to like both Ricardo and Norris? No, because the correct answer is Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, I'm
1: with I'm with Chris. I'm I'm serious. Bottas was fantastic.
0: I know Ricardo won, and he was brilliant. He was an amazing drive from Ricardo. But okay, if if Bottas had been able to start on pole, he would have walked that race. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. I, I can't see <laughs> any reason to disagree with you on this occasion about Bottas. I think he's not. More. He's not at just at have the back, more
1: through back. his own fault either. That's, I yeah. think no, that that's the thing. That's thing yeah. Key. Yeah. If he's like, yeah, when, when it's their it, own it fault, own doing. then it's more Cause, more in jeopardy. But it's not his the, own doing. There.
0: It's a good point. Official driver of the day is often someone who's like made over overtakes, but it's like, yeah, he oh, only Max had to Verstappen. do that cuz he binned it in qualifying or something like that or you know, he chucked it into the gravel on turn 1. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that, or that was just, a... ah, Max Verstappen and Max yeah. Verstappen always gets driver of the day because Max that Verstappen. Was, that was an easier fight than I thought. I thought it was going to have to duel you giving it out to Bottas, but uh
3: well, I th- well I do think, you know, giving um you, you've got to at least give an honourable mention to you McLaren drivers there. because Oh, yeah, they're, they're, the... they're a close second oh. and third. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough then. I can definitely. accept, as long as we give that honourable mention, then I can accept <laughs> Valtteri Bottas on this
0: occasion. <laughs> okay. What about move of the day?
1: I mean, there's the one that you mentioned earlier, which was the Norris one um, at the safety car restart. Mm-hmm. That was a good one.
3: I think that one sticks in my mind the most. If you're going to ask mm. me off the top of my head, that would definitely be the first visual I would come up in
0: my head of that move yeah Um, I thought that when Hamilton finally got past Norris as well that was like just a really solid clean move I thought as well I enjoyed that one by this point in the race I was very much hard at work so (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I enjoyed like Bottas and Leclerc sort of dueling for a few corners and then Bottas and Perez dueling for a few corners Um, yeah only one of them actually led to an overtake but I thought they were worth mentioning yeah I well, think we yeah, are
1: just skating around the fact that it should, it's, it's that London the Norris there, one. Yeah, we're <laughs> going
3: back to not Yeah, we're always going to yeah. go back to it because it's just that had everything. It had a bit. Of, it was on the grass. There was a bit of dust in the air. It wasn't quite done until they got to four and five as well. You didn't mm-hmm. know, if, you know, Leclerc was going to have go, be able to come back at him. So yeah, I think all in all, that that definitely was the most hair raising and the most exciting move of the day for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then finally, honestly, what the. What are we doing here? I think the start of the sprint race. Can I count this? The start of the sprint race when you had a literal sprinter on the start line ahead of the cars, <laughs> posing for photos oh, yeah. in in on your marks, get set, go position. It was an absolute celeb fest this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I thought that was a bit, and then like that was go- that went on for that little bit too long, and uh, some bloke had to go up to him and tap him and be like. Get out of the way! We're about to start the bloody race. <laughs> <of> the <laughs> that entertained me quite a lot, um, but I don't know if it's quite WTF worthy. Um, I thought Verstappen walking across a live racetrack, having jumped out of his car yeah, that was it, normally you walk straight to the barrier and you get out of the way that way. But he's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna walk straight across turn two. I don't care. <laughs> and yeah, that was a bit
0: yeah, that was that was sketchy, a little bit sketchy for me. That I um, really enjoyed too it. salty. <laughs> i really enjoyed i think it was martin brunel i'm not 100 sure but um vin diesel was on the grid and mm. i'm 90 sure it's martin <laughs> Vin Diesel's he... outfit <laughs> yeah actually. <laughs> yeah. but like he, he called out to him he was he's like he was obviously making the joke of like we should get you in one of these cars because you know you are in the fast and furious films but like it was just like he really labored he was, like oh Vin, you should we'll get you in because the you should get you in one because you're the driver of the car. And the, it went on for ages. And Vin Diesel was just like, "Yeah, good one." <laughs> <Just walked laughs> on. That's amazing. It was so awkward. He lay, he laid it on
3: really thick with Vin Diesel. He looked a bit starstruck, actually, didn't he? When he when he bumped into mm. Vin Diesel, there was because he was going on about his muscles and stuff as well, which is just mm. a bit a bit, a bit much. Just a bit like, oh no, it cartoon. was Ted
0: actually, he wasn't it? It wasn't Martin. Yeah, it was it. Ted.
1: Yeah, I mean, these. I don't remember that bit happening. I missed that, but. That is definitely Ted you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't. Sorry, see Sorry, was, was it
0: Martin? I couldn't
1: remember who it right, was, but he it was Ted. Ted that is definitely Ted.
3: Yeah, Ted was. Yeah, Ted was. Super, I mean, I like Ted. I really like Ted. I think he's really funny. But I think on that occasion, he got a little. He definitely got a bit starstruck. Yeah, he definitely did. Like, he's obviously a massive
0: Fast and Furious fan. Which oh. I mean, who
3: isn't?
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what the WTF is for me. I've just remembered what it was. And this definitely comes from me being a very tense McLaren fan in the closing laps. But about oh. ten laps from the end, they sort of had a shot of the cars coming down the main straight with Ricardo leading, and then panned up to the podium and had Ricardo on the big screen behind the podium. And everyone's like, Hang on, there's ten laps to go here. Whoa. Don't don't Whoa. be doing what that. Don't be dropping that curse on him. He's like commentators' curse up. times
3: a million. Yeah. That's no, that's not on. That's that's wrong on so many levels. Like, and I'm sure you if just... you
0: wanted Perez or Bottas to win that, you'd be like, yeah, whatever, curse him all you want. But as a McLaren fan, yeah. like, no, nope, don't yeah. want that, man. There's quite a lot to choose from there, isn't there?
3: There is, Have there. You any Tom.
1: Ugh, oh, I, I mean the the podium ones are stand out for me. Either that or just <laughs> Ted Bumbling. Even though I didn't see it, Ted Bumbling in front of Indi. Starstruck Indies, Ted.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: starstruck Ted is a fun one. <laughs> That's the one that's got the biggest reaction, I think, Starstruck. Star we give it, let's the, give most, it. the longest, let's give it to Ted. Uh, let's give it oh, to Ted.
1: Ted. Ted's got to win something sometime. Yeah, I like Ted. Cool. Time to take just a moment away from this week's episode to talk to you about the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. It includes their new lawnmower version 4, the waterproof trimmer with advanced skin-safe technology, and it now even comes with a travel lock, meaning no more embarrassing activations in airports and the like. You can get 20% off the package by heading to manscaped.com and using the code BOTG. You will also get free shipping on the whole box. It also includes the nose and ear hair trimmer known as the weed whacker as well as the crop reviver toner and their crop preserver deodorant. Manscaped are trusted by over 2 million customers worldwide and that includes the three of us. So remember if you want to get 20% off the brand new performance package 4.0 Head to manscaped.com and use code B-O-T-G. That's manscaped.com and code B-O-T-G. Uh, shall I move us on to some predictions?
0: If Which, your voice can hold out long enough to do yeah, it Yeah,
1: I can manage. Uh, surprisingly, people did score points. I mean, we what? didn't. None of us did, but some people out there did. Um, loyal patron Wesley Paul was the leader of it all this week with two points. <laughs> wow. Our bank account, wow. thanks everybody for taking part this week. I was going to say, 55
0: <laughs> out of 5 seems a long time ago right now, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, so the highest scorer of the entire weekend this weekend is Wesley Paul, the only person <laughs> to score two points. Uh, and only 20 people overall scored any points. So, congrats if you're in that. That this is like early of
3: back of the grid, early back of the grid S- predictions yeah. results. This so this is the
1: exact opposite of last week. Results page. <laughs> so, um, only one person got Bottas as fastest qualifier. So, congrats to Clint Lockwood as well on that one. Um, nobody got the winner. I mean, I'm not surprised no. with that one. It'd be a bold claim yeah, to so go for but Charles it.
3: Cl- but... Charles Clerk.
1: Yeah, um, quite a few, quite a few on the other on the other bits and pieces. But yeah, well done, Wes. <laughs> Uh, in terms of the overall standings what that does is pretty much move no one anywhere (laughs) (laughs) Nate Nate Everett is still our leader on 27 Stu you're still tied in second with Alex Taskov on 26 Uh, and Michelle Byrne is on 25 behind you guys Uh, Chris you're 13th with 23 points and I'm 31st with 22
0: so close
1: so yeah and the, that, um, that is predictions. I mean, there's not much more to go through. There's we, still four, <laughs> there's
0: 47 a. people within five points of the lead still.
1: Wow. Impressive. It's
0: very. Very. Goodness, there's a lot of
3: inbox here. Very impressive. Speaking yeah. of... Uh, keep me staying now. Stay, stay out. inbox, man. Who wants to I'll, go first? I'll, I'll kick us into some inbox then, shall I? Um, Lee says... What do you think the final result of the battle for third to fifth in the Drivers' Championship will be? Nice, simple, straightforward question for you guys. Third
0: to fifth. So currently it's Bottas-Norris-Perez, 141, 132, 118. It's a boring answer, but my gut feeling is it will probably stay in that order. (laughs) Um, It does, yeah. I I think it will be (laughs)
3: Verstappen-Norris-Perez. you're going for your Valtteri
0: Bottas world grime <laughs> champion
1: uh, oh, it's difficult isn't it Bottas Norris and a resurgent Ricardo maybe
0: yeah I guess so actually yes. if, if McLaren continues, yeah, continues to be that good far. Ricardo could creep up maybe Do you know what though that's a. I. Mm. Needs a, it
1: needs I mean there's a lot of people that made predictions of he will outscore Norris for the rest of the season he's got mm. every chance of catching him technically
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, next, Yanis okay. <laughs> asks, where do you think the McLarens would have finished if Max and Lewis didn't DNF? Um, first I mean, we, and third.
1: Yeah, we sort of talked about it before. Um, I think Ricardo would have still won and Lando would have probably held Max off, but maybe not Lewis. Well, he was... Actually,
3: it would have been Lando second, wouldn't it? Because of the slow pit stop. Both slow pit mm,
1: The only thing is, I don't know if he'd be able to continue to hold Lewis off just because... Lewis was on that alternate strategy, wasn't he? Where he started on the hards and he just got onto the medium. Yeah, so cool, I think yeah. towards the end, Lewis would have been able to reel him in. But he'd maybe have advantage. Whether it I think he'd have probably held off Max on the same strategy as him. but yeah. And bearing in mind, they'd have been fighting each other for at least a little bit of that, giving him <laughs> yeah, a chance to really. get some legs. So. Mm. But I, I do definitely think that the McLarens were there on merit and the double DNF from them two has... You no know, reflection on the fact that Ricardo's yeah, that totally. Race. He would have yeah. still been a 1 2 or
0: 1 3, I think.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, and we be both there. Um,
1: next yeah. yeah, next, um, we've got uh, Dennis says, uh, I get the feeling uh, online, especially from a Dutch point of view, that a lot of people think the three place penalty for Max is harsher than the 10 seconds that Lewis got in Silverstone for a similar offense. What do you think? Um, and would a 10 second time penalty for the next race be a battle penalty? And then, obviously, the caveat there is if it was possible.
3: Yeah, well, it wouldn't be possible because the 10-second time penalty. When would you apply that, like in the race? Yeah, if if you apply that right at the very beginning of the race, obviously that's much more costly than it is at the very end of the race. Yeah, so
1: you so you're saying like if you did it during their first pit stop, it may have cost them
3: differently than it, if it was if, done if it was, on their
1: later pit stop.
3: Yeah, or if they applied it after the mm. race, say. Uh, which obviously, I guess they'd have to apply it on the first pit stop.
1: I, I think then? if you were if you were able to give a time penalty that carried over to the next race, it would end up being on that first pit stop, wouldn't it? Because if the incident happened in like lap one or two, it would be on your first pit stop. So it'd it's, be
3: you'd be assuming I just don't think that that's how I, it happened. I don't think that it's, that's not fair on so many levels because they'll be able to strategize with that in mind. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think that's how it should be. I, I guess like the counter-argument to that is they're going to now strategize with the free-place free, gri- free place grid penalty in mind. So they're going to set the yeah. car up knowing that it's going to need to well, overtake if it wants to win the race. I'm almost yeah. certain
0: they're going to take a new engine in Russia. Yeah. Which is also t- strategic. Yeah. So it nullifies the penalty, doesn't it? That They're going to have to do it at some mm. point. So why not take it when you've got a grid penalty anyway? Yeah. It is a weird thing with penalties, isn't it, though? Because a, a three-place grid drop or a five-place grid drop is three or five wherever you are, whereas a 10-second penalty, that could... Like, if, if you happen to have that penalty and there's a safety car at the end of the race, that could literally put you to last place. Yeah, It could also mean you drop zero positions if you're able to build a 10-second gap. So it's... Yeah. It, the penalties that I have available kind of don't translate really, do they? In a lot of ways.
3: No, but then <clears throat> it's impossible to make them translate. You know, I mean, no, we look completely from track to you look from track to track. You know, each pit lane is a different length. So even yeah. when you apply a a ten second, well, if you would apply a stop yeah. penalty or a drive through penalty, it has
0: different ramifications mm. depending exactly. on the race track. So which is why I think trying to compare them is sort of uh, kind of a non-starter almost, isn't it? Yeah. Look at the end of the day, the
3: rules are the rules. They've written the rules. They've been around for a long time. They've been refined and refined and refined in this regard. It's the same for everyone. They've. It was an avoidable accident. And if you go out of the race and you cause an accident, it is a free place grid drop for the next race. So that's where he's been mm. given. Mm-hmm. It's know, also. If, it doesn't matter what, what perspective you look at it from and who you're a fan of. If that's the rules and they've been applied in a proper and fair way, which
0: looks to me like they have, then
3: that's that's. I'm happy with that.
0: Yeah, as much as it's different stewards of different races, you could maybe even argue they're interpreting the rules slightly differently. They ultimately have a list of penalties they can give and they're just choosing from that list. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Next one. Mm -hmm. Um, Wesley says,
3: seems pretty clear to me that Red Bull rolled the dice with Perez's penalty and lost. When Horner is always looking for a way to say, Mercedes, we are way better than you. Why do they (laughs) seem to not care about the Constructors' Championship? I really don't get it. Um, last episode, I asked if maybe we would see a resurgent Valtteri now that the news is in and that the public pressure is off. You poo-pooed my thinking. <laughs> would you like to reconsider your thoughts on that? Ooh,
1: I mean, you you, you definitely already have, Stu, wow. because you've said he's going
3: to win the title
1: now. <laughs> well, you know. If, if Bottas wins in Russia, he will win the there's, title. There's a <laughs> lot of
3: what-ifs, a lot of what-ifs there. To, like, to be Hamilton to- and <laughs> Verstappen have to keep trashing each other's cars
0: for that yeah. to happen,
3: basically. But, I mean, yeah, and... It, and also, Bottas needs to get his head in the game if that's gonna happen.
0: So there's, there's many, many um, what ifs involved. To be fair to <laughs> Weds though, Bottas did look a much more relaxed figure this weekend he than did, he has he? in yeah. previous races.
3: Did you see at the end of the race when they asked him in oh, the interview? It's so funny. Asked him in the interview what he thought to the thing, the crash that was literally playing behind him, and he just went, Well, that's unfortunate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> my favorite it's my new favourite meme. It's my new favourite meme for It is great. <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> in answer to the first part, why is they not seems I mean, the Red Bull as an F one team exists and have done for a number of years to make Max Verstappen world champion. Like that's mm. that is their main aim, and they've been not particularly transparent about it. Well, um, sorry, I f- I have been transparent about it. It's
3: yeah, I f- I, I don't find you know what? I don't find it that unusual. Now I've given it a bit more thought with Red Bull because if you look at Red Bull, they're not a car manufacturer and the older Dodge yeah. is win on Sunday, sell on Monday, isn't it? Yeah. And it's not like that applies to energy drinks. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, or is it, or is it, you know, I don't know, well, but Red Bull have got their fingers in so many sort of sports pies around the world that, and across the spectrum of sport that they don't necessarily need to win a world teams championship for them to be recognized as a, as a brand in a yeah, way and like definitely lo- the, the driver's championship with a young driver which is much more their vibe is like that it's you know it's young sports people is their yeah. thing? that's what's important to red bull so i can totally understand from a from a branding perspective mm-hmm. why yeah why they would be much more interested in the driver's championship than the constructors the constructors to them is just A fortunate byproduct. Yeah, yeah, kind of in a way, but it's very Ferrari esque, but
1: for a different reason. It's nice to
0: have.
1: It's it's a very Ferrari like mentality, albeit for different reasons. I think.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Whereas I would get the feeling that like the higher ups in Mercedes constructors is like target number one.
1: Yeah, as um, or at least as good as like it's. Yeah, definitely. They want they want both. They would they would not be happy if. They did a Ferrari, for example, and won a title without a constructor. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it makes sense. Uh, next, Roxy asks: With the new regulations coming next year, what are the chances that the current top teams won't have the best car on the grid anymore? Just thinking that some of the lower-ranked teams are putting all/slash most of their effort into next year's car. Um, well, I mean, look at where Ferrari ended up at the uh, in the last regulation change, um, and even. Red Bull to an extent, like Red Bull were the team to beat in the previous generation and they were nowhere near Mercedes. Um, Yeah, I think it
3: will shuffle the order somewhat. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the top teams are still going to be the top teams. I don't think that's going to change, but I think maybe we might see... I think with this particular regulation change being as comprehensive as it is, we might see... An additional top team become a top team. If you know, what I mean. Yeah. Like we might see McLaren work their way into it, or you might even see a team like Will. You never know. You might see a team <laughs> like Williams or Aston Martin make an absolute killer car, and yeah. that be you know in the mix at the top. But I still think Mercedes, Red Bull, and I dare say McLaren are going to be sort of your big boy teams as they are this season. Really, because it, it's
0: although it's another big regulation change, it's and there was a kind Ferrari, of Ferrari as
3: well. Yeah,
0: um, it's sort of different to the last time. Like the biggest thing about the last big regulation change was the change to V6 turbo hybrids. And I don't think anyone would argue that Mercedes are a company that are very good at making engines. So yeah. it was kind of always set up for them to be able to you know, build up and dominate that, whereas the engines are not changing next year um, and aren't going for a good few years now. So it's a kind of different set of rules and parameters that someone would have to be very good at to get ahead of the rest and i'm not sure the new regulations will allow unless someone finds a brawn style kind of magic bullet which i it could it could happen things unlikely but it could happen i I don't think any one team's going to like massively be ahead of the rest like mercedes were in 2014 Yeah, I hope not. It'd be rubbish if that's the case. I mean, you, yeah.
3: you, the whole point of this is to make closer, make the cars run closer together and make championships more hard-fought. And yeah. that's what we should be aiming for. I, mean, yeah. I don't think... I mean, I'm not, really, not particularly interested in seeing one team be the best. I'm interested in seeing all the teams do an equally good job and be equally competitive. Because mm-hmm. that's yeah. what the, the whole idea reason. of this is, is to do that. I fear that I won't get that because... Historically, when there's been a big regulation change, someone has usually come out on top, and it's been difficult over the following years for everyone to catch them up. But you know, that might not happen, so let's, yeah. let's just wait and see. On that the, one,
1: the, the ch- changes are pretty broad, though, I guess, when you think about it like some of the broadest aero changes we've had in a mm. long time. <clears> yeah, well, yeah, so, new,
3: new suspension, new wheels, everything's basically a I lot, lot is it? Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty, pretty
1: much. much. Yeah, so I mean, like there's way more room for like someone to have a really good package in one area of the car and another team to have a really good package in another area of the car and start to get that like swings and roundabouts kind of effect yeah. where some teams are, are performing well in certain types of circuits, like high speed circuits. Other teams are performing better at more slow speed circuits. And I'm hoping that we start to get that mix where there is a little bit of unpredictability where you go to a circuit like Monza and you've got two or three teams that could do something there. But then you go to a, I don't know, a circuit like Gara ring and there's a different three teams that, but it's not always just the same three teams, just fighting each other in a slightly different yeah. order. It's like, it's literal different teams. A yeah.
3: bit more like Formula but, E. But, hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's a load of people just deleted. Oh, you've you just <laughs> Yeah, you've
1: just got a whole bag of delitos right there. Uh, Andrew Locke says, having watched the second sprint race for this season, I still have no interest in that uh, race once the gaps show that no one is making any overtakes after the first few laps. What are your thoughts on the grid being set up by lap times from the sprint race but still giving the, th- the th- points to the three first over the line?
0: Lap times from the sprint race set the grid. So
1: yeah, I guess what Andrew's getting at there is rather than setting the grid from the order that they're finishing in, setting the grid from their fast everyone's individual fastest lap time that, during the sprint race. Now, that really would point, be
0: sprint qualifying. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah but then that make the, it interesting. The,
1: but the points would go to the the podium finishers yeah. as they currently do.
0: Okay. I think you
3: just get you just get a load of people pitting at the end of the race when the fuel tanks nearly empty onto the softest tires. To literally mm. everyone would file into the pits and try and pump a lap. In would, sure. they, yeah. would they do
1: that and compromise three points for the win though? Because surely in that scenario, Probably, you'd t- maybe get like a Haas just stay out and be like, "Well, I'll just win the race yeah, and then that's three points." True.
3: I think just three if it's just three points, they probably would compromise them. I think it was if it, it, you'd have to adjust the point system. I think if you had half points for a sprint race and that and the fastest laps from the race set the grid, then mm. you'd, you'd have a whole different dynamic because people' would be less inclined people'd be more inclined to go for the points than for the uh for the fastest lap, but I mm. do still think you'd still have. A bunch of people <laughs> in any scenario in any scenario you're still going to get a load of people coming in on the last lap to try and set the fastest yeah. lap for, for instance yeah. those that are out of the points it's 20 cars on the grid there's only points for the first 10 cars yeah. that cross the line you're always going to get that last 10 going for that advantage in the race proper so mm. i think it's a it's a great idea i'd, I'd love to see that happen <laughs> it's so, so
0: cool <laughs> but it i don't think it ever would happen sadly <laughs> How do you feel about doing like an elimination race where like last car over the line every lap? Oh, like an eliminator, like, like um, yes. yeah. like split so second. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was about to say it's very grid auto sport. Yeah, you've been played too good. many Codemasters games.
3: Then again, even
0: then, it wouldn't really change the order, would it? Didn't they try that <laughs> yeah. with with
3: um thingy qualifying anyway? They the tried that with like, the yeah. eliminator qualifying. It was It, awful. And it, and it just never worked quite. Worked out, it. No one no. really knew how to do it. <laughs> so I mean, it I think got boring.
1: I think there is still an argument to see, like how we look at what we do with qualifying, just because of the mess that we get at circuits like Monza. Like, yeah, yeah. well, I,
3: there was a whole, we uh, did a whole thing. I, did you listen last week? Tom? We did a whole discussion I about I wasn't this.
1: Back now. Shameful. So, like,
3: <laughs> we were talking. It was fine. I, I never listened to him anyway. Um, we were talking, <laughs> 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 which is. We were talking about they should do a special Monza qualifying because again this we should talk about qualifying for a moment because it did it was a bit of a shambles Friday qualifying it was it was kind of you know there was a lot of nonsense a couple of people nearly got run over in the pit lane as a result of it as well which is never what you want to see which actually makes a good WTF moment of the Mm. the weekend that is a good point. Um, but anyway, we'll not dwell on that too much, but the idea was that you would have each team, I've thought about this a little bit more as well. So uh, this may sound a little bit more refined than it did last week, <laughs> know. forgive me mm-hmm. if it does. Um, my thinking is that you, ha- you still have the qualifying hour, but each team, each of the 10 teams gets six minutes on track with both of their cars in reverse championship order. So, Williams or whoever's... Haas would go first, then Alfa Romeo, then Williams, then mm. thing. Each in their six-minute segment. And it gives the team still the chance to run the toe and get there Because that's, that's part of the fun of Monza is the team's mm-hmm. going for the yeah. toe, I think, in qualifying. So, you still get... They still get to do their two laps, but the teams have to decide amongst themselves, you know, who's going to get the advantage of the tyres, whatever. Um, and then... Yeah, at the end of it, whoever's done the quickest laps, obviously that that sets the grid. But it's just segmented yeah. qualifying rather than rather than everyone fighting over the same bit of track and trying to get a toe off of. Tom, I mean, it, and Harry.
1: it also, I suppose, gives a little bit of an advantage in terms of track evolution yeah. to each Forever championship last. leaders providing. Yeah. The weather holds and that's like, I suppose I think that's that's when th- people that's the have complaints isn't it, that's, isn't it? Mm. But- that's
3: kind of the compromise though is that yeah you know you are a championship leader you've earned in ideal conditions you've earned the um you've earned the advantage of having the track and it's in it's in theory in the in, in the best conditions it's best state but mm. also the flip side of that is if it does start raining in the middle of qualifying then you're gonna have a bad time and that's just that's just sport isn't it that you know, yeah. when you look when you look back at Hungary, how many cars got taken out of Hungary? At the yes, start, of the some, yeah. sometimes things don't go well for you. Yeah, sometimes I mean,
1: sometimes I, things go bad. It, it's I enjoy bits and pieces from it from a from the formulary perspective, and it's it's kind of a, a twist on what they do, isn't it? I guess it with, is a bit because they they do it in like little groups, don't they? And yeah. then the then the the fastest from those overall times going to like a shootout for pole I'd yeah. maybe like to see something a little bit more like that. Like each time mm-hmm. each team gets their segment of time or or whatever it is in like smaller groups. But then, cause I mean V8 supercars in Australia does something very similar to, uh, they have a shootout from the top 10 for pole. And that's always really interesting because yeah. everyone's got it, I mean, it's sort of almost a hybrid between what we have now and like, what Stu's suggesting, I guess, in, in a way. But I'd, I would maybe like to see something like that. Yeah. Um, I think
3: the, the thing with that is that you're still going to get that issue of like 10 cars being on track. The whole point of Monza is that you don't want that many cars on track at the same time. Cause but get what you do street. is
1: you'd give them opportunity to set lap time in like reverse order. So they'd still go in like or an one order shot of qualifying, essentially. E- essentially, yeah. That, that, that's, what, that's how the top 10 shootout works in... Um, Aussie supercars, if I remember right. Yeah. I mean, I'm well, sure there's Australians cool. that can correct me. But I'm pretty sure that, if I remember rightly, the way it works in Aussie supercars is the top 10 from the first session all go again in, like, reverse order. So the slowest goes first down to mm-hmm. the fastest. Yeah. And they all essentially get a, a shot at a lap. Mm.
0: Um, yeah. that's F1 cool. used to do yeah. like Please one... correct
1: me if I'm wrong on that.
0: No, I think no, F1 well, I used I to I do something, something similar. F1 yeah, years ago, there was one They did, like, across two days, wasn't it? So... They'd yeah. do one shot on the Friday, I think, or like on Saturday, and then the next day, maybe Sunday morning, they'd all go out and do a second lap. But they went in reverse order, and it was like an aggregate time. But again, I that got, got that's a cool. I, I'm yeah. not a big fan of aggregate
3: times, actually. No. To be fair, but um, uh, I think that there is something to be said for Formula E style qualifying. I think Formula E style qualifying qualifying over a season is not right. I think it's broken. Because it, it, yeah. it just messes with the grid too much. But I think for one race, for just one race, I think yeah. it's, you know, given that qualifying at Monza seems to be turning into a bit of a lottery recently anyway, that I don't really see any harm in actually shaking it up a little bit there and going, trying to restore a bit of order to it and giving the people a proper chance. Because the problem is people are just not getting a proper chance through the qualifying laps. Yeah. And that's not yeah. fair. So the rules need to be tweaked to allow people at least the chance to put a lap in and get the job done and earn themselves a decent spot on the grid Mm -hmm. because that's what qualifying
0: is all about, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think if Um, nothing else, the sprint race experiment I've done this year has proved that we don't have to have exactly the same weekend format as every single race of the year. Like There is space to have different things going on at different races, things that suit the circuits maybe. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, there's always an argument that Monaco needs its own version of qualifying. I mean, to be fair, F1 at Monaco is normally all right these days, but it used to be a disaster with people just like turning the last corner into a car park while they were queuing up kind of thing. Yeah. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how qualifying
3: pans out next season in the new cars actually at Monaco. And, and the racing, to be fair. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But that's Must a it... whole long way away, and there's loads mm-hmm. more questions to do. So shall we move on? <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. Okay. Um, Mike Wallace says, "Do you think that a collision is now the likely outcome between the two drivers, while the championship is this close? If so, can slash should the FIA do anything about it? Well, I think they have done something about it, haven't they? Just this mm, weekend, that, they've given that you know they've they've set set up a kind of well they've punished someone for for a transgression which has not been yeah, happening in the past. Just... It's about time they did that.
1: Yeah, I mean the." I'll agree at least some consistency that like, in the past, I think both Silverstone and this incident wouldn't have had penalties in a lot of scenarios. And I mean at least they're being consistent that where there is some blame to be laid, even if it's not like a a full-on... like I mean, I think the vast majority of us have all kind of come to the same conclusion that a lot of these things are like, are racing incidents, but Avoidable, and therefore, someone's more to blame than somebody else. And the penalties have then been given out justly on the back of that. And I'm glad that there's like some consistency there now yeah. with those.
3: But the whole thing, like with the, with the way the penalty this particular pen, this particular penalty has been applied, there's no reason why Lewis Hamilton, for me, has to move. And I'd say this about any driver taking that line: there's no reason why he has to deviate any further from his line than yeah. what he has. He's given just enough room. And, you know, if he deviates any further from his line, he's literally just giving up the position. And you, yeah. you're not going to do that, are you? Like, you know, no, exactly. who, who, well, there's not a race driver on that grid that's going to give up their position. I think any one of them in that same position would have taken a very similar line to Hamilton mm-hmm. and Verstappen that's, would have gone. Yeah. And that is why Verstappen got a penalty this weekend.
1: Uh, and I think on, on the flip side, Mike Verstappen would have had a similar argument in Silverstone saying, mm-hmm. yeah. why should I have given him more room on the inside? He had, he had plenty of room yeah, to turn absolutely. in. And so I think that, yeah, like, and, and the general argument from both of them will always be is like, so what do you want me to do? Just like let somebody pass because they're trying to move. That's not, that's not racing, is it? That's, no. you know, you, you can't just yield the position because yeah. somebody's attempted it.
3: There, there's an argument to say, leave in, you know, don't push the other car off track. Yeah, I think that's it. But I think when that's on the outside of the corner, not on the apex of the corner. The apex of the corner, you're entitled to it because that you're ahead. It's your racing line to choose from, and it's yeah. the onus is on the chasing car to get around you and stay on the track at the same time mm. without causing a collision. And again, yeah. that's why Max Verstappen got a penalty this weekend because he drove into that corner expecting Hamilton to disappear. Yeah. But yeah. interestingly, <laughs> like happened.
0: although the incident happened in turn two. If you read the steward's report on why they gave a stop and a penalty, their explanation begins in the breaking zone for turn one because it's they're not separate corners, it's one kind of flowing yeah, thing CA, like the lines flow through of, there. Yeah, yeah. So um but Did I we answer that.
3: Yeah. All that being said <laughs> I though, I good.
0: do have a feeling this isn't the last time we see the two of them making contact.
3: Oh, no, definitely not. There's
0: a lot of races left, and it's with it being this close, I think we definitely see some more. I mean... The, the- Hon- honestly, I think this is like a rag to a bull with
3: Verstappen, this sort of stuff. I think it just makes him more angry. I don't think he... At the moment... I think there was a period of time in Max Verstappen's career where this sort of thing could happen, and he could roll with the punches and move on from it quite quickly and not dwell on it for too long. But I think... It's so clear that even after the summer break, and even after everything that's happened between the two, the fire inside of him, of how sort of up for this that he is, mm. is still burning. Maybe too strong inside of him, and it's causing him
0: causing him issues where he's I mean, making a, there is a lot of emotion, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, huge huge amount of passion in, in the guy, and I don't yeah. think yeah. Red Bull help either. Like, I, I no, when we get to Russia. Uh, I would expect that Hamilton and Mercedes will have just forgotten all about this and getting on with the race in Russia. But I also think there's a good chance that we'll get there and Red Bull will still be going on in media interviews about this and that that happened in the past. And when you're in a team that's operating like that, you can't help as a driver but be constantly thinking about these past situations. And I think you can see a vast difference in the way the two teams operate with things like that. Yeah. I, I mean,
1: in, in Max's defence on that front, though, I would say that he is one of the first members of that Red Bull team that just gets to a point where like, he's had enough of it. Like, yeah, yeah, The, yeah. the, the I media mean, you circus. Saw the pre- you saw him in the The media conference. circus too, trying spinning it up, and we, we yeah. all know that that's exactly what they'll do come Russia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's always the same. He's always, uh, look, we've talked about this enough times. we talked about it after the race. Nothing's changed in the two weeks since the incident, so I'm not saying anything more than I already have because there's no need. Like, but yeah. he's always a first point. And I mean, I know we give Red Bull a lot, like we dump on them a lot for their Karen type attitude <sighs> things. But to be fair, this week, they generally played it pretty middle, yeah, like you'd yeah, expect them they to. Actually. Like yeah. they, they played it like I would have expected any team to have played it. Yeah. So, I mean, I give them credit. They maybe learned from the. <laughs> yeah.
3: We, we've been dumping on Red Bull thing. a lot recently, but let's not forget that our, a lot of our branding is based off of Red Bull colors because of how much we <laughs> yeah. were in love with Red Bull when we started this podcast. And we still use <laughs> yeah. purple for a lot of our stuff. So, yeah, before everyone writes in and starts <laughs> saying we're all salty about Red Bull, just remember that we're quite Red Bull actually. I f- yeah, I forgot Red that. Red Bull runs, had... runs deep in this podcast. It's not like hmm. it comes from a
0: place of affection, not a place of hate. Yeah, definitely. I forgot about that. We had a logo design in the colours of every team, didn't we? And Red yeah, Bull yeah, had, we had, we had, had a long at the Red time, the and that was the one we went with. Yeah. That's why we
1: use the dark purple and the reds and stuff on yeah. we were first play. And with to be
0: fair, game. you know what? To be to
3: to to be completely honest with you, I think the Red Bull operate in in the sometimes square world of Formula One. I think Red Bull are probably one of the hippest, coolest teams on mm-hmm. that grid, and they're, they're yeah. McLaren. And you know, it's not to say that all the teams are sort of uncool or or whatever. They're just there's different levels of professionalism and and corporationism that runs through the different teams in Formula One. I think Red Bull are definitely on the cooler side of that
0: spectrum. Red Bull are a weird one though, because all as much as all of that is true. You then watch Drive to Survive and see Christian Horner going, uh, <laughs> shooting in his tweed, looking like the most, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> in his tweed top in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: it's a weird, like, Geraldine, pass me my <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> they walk a weird line at Red Bull. Anyway. Mm. Um, is it me? It's me. Yeah. Uh, Brizzle McLaren asks, what do you think changed for Danny Rick for his pace to get to where he is now after, let's be honest, a difficult season so far? And Alex Taberner says, do you think Ricardo's win on Saturday? No, on Sunday. We'll give him the confidence now to get some better and more consistent results for the remainder of the season. He looked quick all weekend, but I fear Monza is a -a one-of-a-kind circuit which suited him in the McLaren and in Russia he may fall apart again. I think that's a good point. Monza is definitely a one of a kind kind of circuit. Mm, I w- I agree with that half
1: of it, but the other half of he may fall apart again. I don't think I don't think we'd see that. Um, I think it's a it's definitely a confidence boost for him. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of where he's found it from, I think it is it is just what a lot of people, both in and around McLaren themselves, and then a lot of people. In around Formula One, like coverage, have said for a long time, which is, it's a it's a unique car with some unique drivability sort of mm-hmm. situations, and he's just got to get his head around them and get used to them, and I feel like he's yeah. starting to.
0: Yeah, well, Ultimately, yeah, I think it's just like hard that. work and um self
3: belief. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's there is that definitely. He will he'll come out of this race weekend with a lot of confidence. Um, let's remember that. There's only eleven turns around Monza, so some yeah. of those uh, flaws that you were just talking about, there Tom, are probably not going to be quite as apparent. As well, that
1: might that was going to be my things. other point is that like this is a, a kind of circuit that those the the sort of nuance of that car will hinder in the least probably. Like, I mean, the main place I could see that it'd maybe throw you a curveball is like a Scari or something like yeah. that because a Scari is probably like the the trickiest chicane out of all of them, I would say.
0: Yes, yeah, science had a nasty yeah. I mean, personally, practice, I, I think yeah, it did. is anyway.
1: With the, yeah. with the entry speed, like what the issue science had, but then obviously getting the exit right as well yeah. at, at the end of it uh, to get the trajectory down the straight. Like, oh, it's a tough one. I, I think uh, SCAR is probably like the most difficult point on that circuit. And it's also where that like nuance in the McLaren would be its most difficult to deal with. And. Mm. You know, is is managed. Um yeah. it's just whether or not like that win will help build that confidence yeah. to you know that, go on and keep that, doing it.
3: That big old diffuser they've got on the back of that McLaren would have helped a lot there as well. got an awful lot, yeah. 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 Um next one, last one, second to last one. Two. Yeah.
1: Um Michelle says, How long can Haas? keep publicly ignoring what's going on between <laughs> Mazapan and Mick Schumacher. Uh, and Kevin Cosgrave on a similar note says, can Haas really keep that, that partnership going into next year or should they get rid of one of the drivers? Keeping in mind the money talks in F1, which one of the drivers would they get rid of?
3: I mean, I mean you have to remember know that... what the logic is on track. Logic is, we? Yeah,
1: but you've got to remember that one and one, who are one of the huge sponsors of Haas, are German and come from Mick. Mm-hmm. like yeah it's not like he doesn't bring sponsors of his own totally so i think it, um, there's money to be the had number, had
3: there. Of, number of, when, when you look at where Haas were in australia 2018 and then you look at with with two very good drivers driving for them and then you look at where they are now with um two very green drivers driving for them one of them much better than the other i think it's fair to say i think points make prizes in formula one and the mm. amount of look, they're not they're not going to they're not going to score many points with drivers like Nikita Mazapan in the uh, in the in the seat, and they need to maybe and a lot of teams I think need to do this as well is maybe look at the idea of picking talent over uh, over money sometimes depending obviously depending on the amount of money coming in, but the mm. the I, the ideal should be that you get someone who can earn you enough points to not have to bring a sponsor because they'll earn that money in where the team ends up in the championship, right?
1: Yeah, I I think as well that over the coming years that we have in this sport now, where the cost cap's going to come down slightly over time and obviously there's talk about how distributions are made of prize money and stuff like that. Like, I mean, all, all credit to Liberty Media in the new era of Formula One, because for something that's been so broken for so long, and we've complained about it many times, they are at least trying to slowly undo that just warren of odd contracts and promotional bonuses that certain teams get for what is basically no reason at this point in time. And I think they are slowly trying to undo that, but it is one of those things where it needs to be done gradually over time. I think. I think if you just ripped it all away, re, you know, reworked it all, I think it would it would upset the balance too much. Yeah, yeah, it would yeah. upset the balance too much too yeah. quickly. And I, I think they are at least trying. And I have positivity <clears throat> in that because they appear to be trying to do the right things. And credit to them as well. Like we've given them a hard time over things that just were terrible ideas, but they've seen that that idea didn't work and. Kind of re- either reverted or gone down a different road afterwards in terms of like the whole spectacle of the show and stuff. I'm talking more from that side, yeah. but generally, I think as a new owner of the sport, they come out good more often than they do. Yeah, not agree with that. Bad. Yeah, I would say.
0: But when it goes bad, my god, does it! Just briefly, speaking of um, picking drivers for talent over money, it's sort of disappeared in the last week, but um, we haven't spoken about Albon getting the Williams drive yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, for one, am very happy he's going to get back on the grid. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm pleased. And apparently, that, George yeah. Russell was like campaigning within the team for him to take his seat as well.
1: Yeah, he was a huge advocate for <laughs> yeah. him replacing him, wasn't
0: he? Had his PowerPoint presentation. So, again, I think it's good, though. I think he deserves his spot. Um, and weirdly, as well, like there was all that stuff going on um, at the Dutch Grand Prix about like uh, Toto is trying to block it and we don't want a Red Bull driver using Mercedes engines. And he actually seems like they just. Came up with a sensible solution that suited everyone, which is the most un F1 oh, wow. thing in the world. But like, he's he's been released from Red Bull to take the drive, but he's still kind of gonna maintain a link to Red Bull. So in the future, they could potentially re sign him, but he's not a Red Bull driver. So, you know, Williams get their man. Mercedes are happy because they've not got a Red Bull person feeding engine stuff back. <laughs> Red Bull still have an option on him in the future. Like, it just was a really. Yeah calm everyone wins thing to happen which is a real rarity in this sport but it was yeah. nice to Must see it's been a relief for albon <laughs> yeah yeah quite rare for that to be the case for albon in yeah. recent years but, but um, um happy to see him back and looking forward to seeing what he does outside the pressure of being part of red bull hmm. yeah i think i think he'll do a lot better i think he'll have a really good chance to just
3: get his sort of head down do a really good job Definitely. and not be too much in the spotlight as well I think that was the thing, wasn't it? At Red Bull, he was just yeah. so in the spotlight. And he had, let's face it, who wants Max Verstappen as a teammate? Mm-hmm. You know, like he's so good.
0: I mean, you've only got a look <laughs> at the way to... the way Gasly's turned things around since he stepped yeah. back. So yeah, I, I hope that the same kind of thing will happen to him.
2: Mm.
1: Okay. Yeah, definitely.
0: Cool. Right. Last question. Last question. It's a big one. Would you ever? Steve
3: Robinson asks, "Would you ever drink from another man's shoe?" <laughs>
1: Um, I mean, I, th- I think at some point in my life, I probably already have.
3: If I mean, if, if I just want to grow free, I definitely would. <laughs> yeah. It depends on the man and the state of the shoe,
0: is my answer <laughs> to that. And I suppose it depends yeah. on what you're drinking from it as well.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of <laughs> factors there. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I mean, oh, there's a really niche old Greg reference needs. to be had here. <laughs> yeah. he, as, as, as youths, we used to make what quite a lot it? of... Do you, you whisk- a <laughs> Do you want to drink Baileys from a shoe? Baileys, <laughs> oh, that I'm all great. Want to drink Baileys from a shoe? Another thing I'm finding
0: um, very entertaining F1 this year is the amount of time you hear people go to say champagne, then have to last minute correct themselves and say sparkling wine because it's not champagne anymore.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: it's nice though; it's very tasty. I got a free bottle of that from the Ferrari triple header last
3: last week. Got a bottle of Ferrari. Yeah, it's delish. <laughs> the fact that they call cool Ferrari as well, but yeah, a yeah, different it's, Ferrari. So. So weird. But it's a very common name in Italy, Ferrari. That's the thing. Very common I name. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that um that wraps us up for this week, I think. It's unsurprisingly a bit of a long one this week, but uh mm. lots to cover again. Thanks as always for joining us. Um special thanks to our lovely Patreons on Discord. It was a uh, Discord was a very happy place over the weekend watching that race. Uh if you'd like to join us there, take a look at patreon.com/slash back of the grid uh, and you can see how you can Join us on the Discord. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those things. If you want to chat to us there, just search Back of the Grid. And you can also go to backofthegrid.com where there's a contact form and you can also see where you are on the predictions league table. And I think that's all the things. For the first time in a long time, we don't have to preview a race this week. So,
1: yay. Mm-hmm. It's well, a good job. <laughs> Stu can have a weekend yeah, God, off. I imagine.
0: Oh, uh, wait. and we'll be back next week to preview the Russian Grand Prix where we'll all be predicting Valtteri Bottas to get pole and win um, <laughs> and I am now off to drive some laps of Portimao because they added it to the F1 game today and mm. my goodness I forgot how difficult that circuit is to learn yep <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's, it's a maze that blind circuit. corners all over the place mm-hmm. right thank you everyone for joining us we will say goodbye goodbye cheerio
3: To shoot some pigeons, how you tweet suit <laughs>